to talking about your new book, which hit the uh, stores uh, earlier this month, The African-American Experience in Colonial Virginia, Essays on the 1619 Arrival and the Legacy of Slavery, uh, which is in paperback. And folks, you can buy that. Just go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere books are sold. Uh, you can also download the ebook if you want to read it quicker. I have the uh, honor of writing the epilogue uh, to this amazing book, and I want to make sure that we talk about it. But before I get to that, uh, Dr. Fairfax, tell us what we saw happen uh, on January yes. 6th. What happened? How did we get there? Yes. So what we saw happen on January 6th, from my perspective, um, and again, I, I just want to thank you for having me on your show because I think you're absolutely awesome. Uh, but what we saw on January 6th was was really a uh, um, movement of white supremacy uh, uh, to take over the state capitol. Uh, uh, the rhetoric of persons who were storming the capitol was about taking back the country, was about a, a country that's becoming uh, more blacker in terms of people who are in uh, leadership position. It, it's, 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 it's a narrative, it's, it's an it's a erroneous nativist narrative uh, that America is a white country only for white people. And this really underscores the 1776 commission report that I'm still reading uh, that, that, that minimizes and uh, exorcises Black people, Aboriginal people, people we call Native American and, and, and any other group from uh, the founding of America. And so that's, that's yeah, really what we thought. There. Let's pause there for a moment because you said a number of things I want to unpack. And again, uh, we're getting some, some of your words. You're doing great. You sound good. But every other second we're kind of getting one of your words gets a little muffled and that means we're having some type of connectivity issues not your fault or it's probably the app but let's keep going and we can splice this up and and uh we'll keep going here for our listeners but um a couple things you said that i think are critical let's go back to what you said about the why because i think in order for us to move forward in this country i hear a lot of people talking about unity but frankly, there can be no unity without accountability. We'll go back to that. But I think what you're saying is critical that there, there was and is a narrative that has been told going back to 1607, which is the founding of Virginia, right? The, the colony, 1607. And then you go fast forward to 1619 when the first slaves arrived. That narrative, I want you to talk a little bit about that, Dr. Fairfax, and what that narrative looked like then and how it still is with us now, if you can. Absolutely. As a native Virginian and as also someone who can trace her lineage at least eight to nine generations of people in Virginia, uh, I was socialized in public school to believe that the founding, if you will, of the colony of Virginia was really based upon people coming here to advance the uh, uh, English uh, uh, country, to, to advance England, um, and, and that every other group and every other group's history is just simply subservient to that predominant narrative that was taught and continues really still to be taught in 
public school. That narrative means that uh, everything having to do with the Virginia colony that's important, that's relevant, that's worth remembering is very much connected to and intertwined with uh, whiteness, with white culture, with white superiority, uh, with white history, with white sensibility. And, and that has continued uh, throughout the entire existence of the Virginia colony. And I do want to pause and say that, you know, when you discuss uh, American history, you, you know, we don't even talk about 1526, you know, the creation of St. Augustine in, in Florida. We don't also talk about the presence of African people in South and, uh, and North America prior to the ascension of enslavement. And so there's this one narrative that our children learn, that, that many of us have learned about Virginia. And we all only think about Black people in terms of enslavement. We don't think about them as founders, as creators, as scientists, as, as people who were agricultural experts, as people who brought with them skills and ingenuity and philosophies. And, and, and so as we widen the narrative in preparation for uh, 2019, when uh, Virginia recognized uh, the landing of African people at Point Comfort, present-day Hampton, 1619, we begin to see more discussions about what really did that moment mean, and that's really was the catalyst for uh, compiling uh, the book, The African Experience in Colonial Virginia, because it's so much more than just African people landing at uh, Point Comfort. I wanted to have a compilation for the average reader to think differently about not only historical discourses, but to think about ideas of, of curation, of how do we cure ourselves? How do we uh, think differently about you know who we are? How do Black people think differently about who they are as historical people? How do white people then think differently about black people? I, I'm hoping the book... No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I'm, I'm hoping the book will, will attend to societal healing and, and that black people will also be engaged in, in healing because there, there, there's been such serious cultural disruption and exploitation that black people have experienced uh, in, in this thing called America, in particular the the Virginia colony, and I'm hoping that the book will, will begin uh, those kinds of conversations. Right, yes. and I think that that's right, and I think that it, you know, sometimes, as you mentioned earlier, Providence is at work, and I think it is Providence that the book was delayed, because of course your goal was to have it come out during that 400th uh, commemoration, and it was yes. delayed, and I think it was delayed, I think, on purpose, because this moment is a moment where we really need to have that conversation now i want to get in a little bit to the 1776 report slash commission and the 1619 project of course new york times uh hannah jones just amazing and won the pulitzer well deserved but the the backlash the backlash against the 1619 project in the new york times was something like frankly i had never seen before uh, and it goes back to what you're saying, this narrative. Now, for those listening to us, particularly here in the United States, and I have a lot of listeners, you know that 
uh, my background and my politics is back when the Republican Party used to be normal and moderate and centrist and you could work across the aisles and good people like here in Virginia, you know, Senator John Warner and and even uh, former First Lady Ann Holton's father was, was a Republican governor who integrated the schools in the 70s. And so just a different Republican Party uh, than we see today. And um, the narrative has really shifted, like you said, to one of tribalism, nativism. Look at senators like Amanda Chase here in Virginia, uh, uh, Delegate Dave LaRock calling black people colored people in the 21st century and, and not being you know taken down for it. Um, we find ourselves in this very uh, ugly, divided place, but I would posit to my listeners that this is not a new place. Uh, maybe it was undercover for a while, but Donald Trump ripped the cover off. And I want you to talk about that a little bit as we get into this 1776 report uh, that has, frankly, all historians of value and worth and that are notable and respected in this world uh, outraged. Um, talk a little bit about what Donald Trump did to unmask, uncover, if you will, this new tribalism, white nationalism, um, domestic terrorism that we've seen, Dr. Fairfax? You know, you, you uh, thank you for providing uh, that comment that he simply ripped off the, uh, <laughs> the veil because so many people are willing to lay it all at his feet. And I am not uh, because- I agree. Uh, we exactly, and so with, with every decade, even in the 20th century, with every decade, we can talk about the horror of domestic violence that Black people experience in every form: in public education, in in economic markets, uh, in housing markets, in uh, just the everyday experiences that that we have. I also think that we need to be clear that public education, in and of itself. Uh, has been a propagandist uh, regime. Uh, uh, you know, textbooks have been written from certain perspectives, necessarily not our perspective, not anything with, with regards to African centeredness or black perspectives or critical race theory. And it, they've been written to indoctrinate and to ensure that people will graduate with certain ideas about America and about themselves and their place in this country with about who who is able to have access to resources, who doesn't, why is poverty tolerated? Why do we agree with mass incarceration? You know, why do we believe people with serious mental health and substance abuse issues, right, not get the assistance that they need? I, I, I think we should be clear that public education has played a major and vital role and how people understand America. And so when you consider the lost cause uh, uh, mythology era that occurred after the Civil War, they were at the base of writing uh, public textbooks. And so uh, we don't have our children reading scholarship from historians that really lay bare for them and their sensibilities a greater understanding of what America means to different people. We, we don't. We, we have Black people almost as a footnote in those uh, histories. And so the, the 1776 uh, commission paper really speaks to that. The, the fact that that paper doesn't really uh, include anything about the Aboriginal people and what happens to them 
Uh, black people are, 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 are only mentioned as props. They have pictures of Dr. King and Frederick Douglass, but, but there's just no discussion about what happened prior to 1776. The, 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 the commission, uh, this commission paper really talks about the Federalist Papers but the, as foundational, but the Federalist Papers are really uh, advocated, you know, this for a national government, but not necessarily uh, did those papers really deal with the nuances that uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones in her edited work with those brilliant scholars in the 1619 Project unfold for for the world to think differently about America. And so, so much to unpack here, but but for right now, that's that's a, a, a crucial uh, problem that I'm having with, with the 1776 Commission Report, yes. So, so Dr. Fairfax, here's what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna end this part of the interview and we're gonna do a two-part